Welcome to Consulates Over Coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones. This week, casinos in Richmond, Virginia. Joining me to discuss this very hot topic are Jason Haas and Lauren Bell of the No Casino in Stratford Hills Action Committee. Check it out. I think you're going to want to hear this. All right. Well, welcome to another Consults Over Coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones, and I'm joined tonight by Jason Haas and Laura Bell, uh, Lauren Bell. Um, and you guys just really did a great job in, in getting a lot of information and public awareness out about the casino site over in Westover Hills, which had both environmental implications, I think, as well as community and social implications. And, and first off, congratulations on doing an incredible amount of work in a short period of time and, and on being successful in what you set out to do. Yeah, can, thank you. Can, you. can you guys tell us a little bit about that, about, you know, sort of how all this came to light and, and how you how you work through all of this? Sure. Um, I can start off. And uh, so my name's Jason. Thanks for having us on. Um, I am, so I have a background in, in genealogy, uh, actually not really a strong background, but I'm very interested in genealogy. Um, I'm also an ultra runner and a trail runner. And, uh, when, when your goal is to run 30 and 50 miles, you know, for races every now and again, you come across different trails and pathways, nature, and for me, a lot of grave sites. So, um, being kind of having an interest in genealogical research and then finding a lot of unmarked graves in Richmond, I tend to, to do a lot of mapping in that, uh, um, that kind of that area of interest of mine. And um, I like to do some background research. So for this site in particular, I'd been back there several years ago on a, on a run, uh, doing some running trails. It's a it's actually quite strange because uh, the casino proposal site or the, the crossways, uh, um, parkways crossing is another name for it, is a recreation zone of sorts. So there's runners back there, there's ATV trails, people take their trucks back there. So it's kind of like a, a semi non-public area. Like you, there's lots of access from different spots. <laughs> An unofficial park. Yeah, it really is. It, and it kind of tells a tale that uh, Richmond needs something. When so many people are using it for, for recreational activities, for, like, like I said, running, um, biking, motorcycling, that kind of thing, like, it kind of speaks volumes that like, people need something like that. Um, and, and also, just a little, we can, we can get into it a little, little later, but you know, the discovery that there's graves back there and the, the ecological corridor that runs through there. So that's kind of my take and uh, how I entered into this. Yeah, I thought that was one of the important aspects of that particular site was the history of the area and then also the environmental implications of putting that complex in that spot with respect to... Um, the highway and flooding and the implications for Reedy Creek and or, and, or, or Pony Pasture, which is downstream from all of that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren? Yeah. 
So I, I got involved through uh, my neighborhood Facebook group, and I think someone had cross-posted. I was actually probably late to the game and being aware of what was happening. But as soon as I learned, um, I started making videos, uh, short little 60-second uh, TikTok format videos. And the first had made one about the possible uh, grave sites that are there. Uh, Jason has found grave sites on adjacent property, and there's a high likelihood of there being grave sites actually on the proposed property. Um, so I just started trying to get information out on my own and there were there was a fair amount of neighbors that were working independently and we all found each other and, and came together and formed a team. Someone had built a website. Um, Patricia, Dr. Patricia Kaiser was putting together daily uh, action items. These are who you need to write to. These are the points we need to make. Um, Another neighbor was creating or printing signs and organizing protests. So we had all of these people working independently and we, we came together. Uh, it was pretty magical actually how it all came together. Well, right, as somebody, you know, I, I don't live over in that neighborhood, I live over in Church Hill, but it, 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 as someone who was kind of watching this whole thing, I was struck first off by, what's all this stuff about the casinos? Where the heck did this come from? Right. You know, and then the other part was I was equally, I was probably more impressed with how quickly there was a, a very organized kind of multi-pronged response. Right. And, and everyone fell into these, these roles really naturally. It, it was, it was really cool how it all came and, to And that's kind of one of the things that I'd like to talk about because Jason and I were talking a little bit about this, that this isn't a done deal. It's sort of a done deal for you guys, mm -hmm. but the casino thing is not a done deal. Right. And right. so there's issues over at movie land, you know, it may be at movie land, maybe South side over by port of Richmond. So there are people that are still, this is still in play for the city of Richmond. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was curious is if you guys could kind of address what you learned about, you know, what are the implications for having a casino in your town? Yeah. I'm, I had to learn a lot about casinos recently. I didn't know anything about them. Um, I had visited Las Vegas uh, growing up, and Every, uh, everyone should go to Las Vegas. This <laughs> is an example of what we don't want, <laughs> right? Um, there, gosh, there are so many negative impacts, and for any positive impact that a casino uh, kind of touts, there are multiple negative uh, effects that come along with it. So, one of the big things that they talk about is revenue generation. Right. Uh, but there are statistics and studies that show for every dollar revenue that a casino brings in, there uh, is an additional $3 needed for law enforcement and, and problems that casinos create. So really, they are far more problematic from even just a revenue standpoint. And that's their biggest, uh, their biggest win or the, the, the thing that they tout the most. Um, the, the crime increases it really hurts local businesses. So that Bali specifically really um, tried to sell our neighborhood on the local, the, the businesses that will benefit locally. And they're going to create this Richmond's reward program. And we never really got a whole lot of information about what that actually entailed. Um, and it turns out they, uh, they kind of lied about actually talking to small businesses that they never actually approached. But uh, what will happen is local businesses really suffer because locals do not want to go to the casino near the casino site for a variety of reasons for increased traffic congestion 
um, increased crime and just the, kind of the uh, all the issues that come along with the casino it can really hurt local businesses. Noise pollution, light pollution, yeah, alcoholism, mm -hmm. other addiction. Um, yeah, so I lived in uh, uh, Las Vegas. I was stationed there when I was active duty military uh, for four years. So I really got to um, look at what what kind of the I wouldn't say the underground, but maybe the sideways ground of how casinos operate and and what kind of communities build up around them. So, for example, in the in Las Vegas, the Strip is a great spot, a lot of fun right down the Strip. Guess what's around the Strip? More commercial industrial area, and then you slowly get to residential and. Uh, other kind of uh, recreation, et cetera. But uh, Las Vegas does have a lot of casinos that are plopped down in residential neighborhoods. And it's it's like a bullseye. The casino is there. It's uh, somewhat of a uh, low low housing. I wouldn't say low income, but the quality of housing is, is lesser around there. You know, you have weird stores uh, around that. A lot of people hang out all the time. And you sort of like kind of build out before you get to the nice houses again. Um, so you, it, it, it's strange. And when you consider uh, maybe not Las Vegas, but an area of like this, and you say, well, who, who would be going to a casino? Where is the casino getting all of its money? And you go, well, maybe some upper middle class, they go there, they spend 400 bucks and they go see a show, right? That's, that's some of the people that are there. But you have to have your daily the daily income and who, who is that? Mm -hmm. I can tell and, you it's not yeah. upper middle class. Yeah, and, and speaking to that, I had read a statistic. I, all of us have done uh, our independent research and we've compiled documents together. So at this point I can't cite the source, but I had read somewhere and I can follow up with that. I had read somewhere that casinos revenue are based 90% on what is called problematic gamblers. So those that ha um, have gambling addictions and only 10% of the revenues come from the the type of gamblers that Jason was just talking about that go occasionally for fun um, and, and may go see a show. So at the, the bottom line is casinos are incredibly predatory businesses. They, they make loads of money um, through people that are really vulnerable. Yeah, yeah no, I, you know, I, that was that was kind of the thing that, that's always intrigued me with the idea of casinos and with gambling in general is that fact number one, the house always wins. <laughs> I, I mean, at the end of the day, so it's not like they're there to like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the casino and I'm going to get rich. Well, you you may, but statistically, you're an outlier. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so I, I just, I've never, you know, I've been prone to, to most vices that humans have been prone to, but I just never understood that. That just on the face of it made yeah. no sense to me. Yeah, and it's, it's sad because the people that need, uh, need to save their money and, and get, carve out a piece of that American dream, which is land ownership and home ownership uh, in the savings account, uh, the ones at the very bottom that are just edging through, they they live on the potential that they might get rich, and those are the ones that get uh, preyed upon. And so it keeps it keeps the 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 lesser advantaged people in their spot. Mm -hmm. And so we we just don't need a, more of that enrichment. And specifically, this well, 
the, the Valley site um, is, is a red line district and we can get into that later, but you know, there's the, the, the South side and the eighth, the eighth district uh, also suffers from that as well. So who are going to be those people that, um, that the casino is getting their, most of their, their money from. And that's a, that's not a, it's not a very rich area and the casino will bring jobs to some sure. Uh, but what's it going to do to the area? Well, and that's, that's another interesting thing that I, I, I'd looked at a little bit. And again, you know, it sort of depends on who's, who funded the study. Um, but if you look at like one of the big things the casinos always touted was jobs creation. But they, what kind of so jobs are getting created? And th there's a couple of points to that. So um, they they'll give the average. Bali's was uh, advertising an average of an average salary of fifty two thousand dollars a year, or something very close to that. Um, so they're when they factor when they're when they're getting that number, they are factoring in the really high paying management jobs. Uh, but there's not probably many people within the Richmond pool that have experience with managing large casinos. So that would job would not be given to locals, th those types of really high paying positions, arguably. And then uh, second, so that's, that's definitely skewing the, the scale, right? And the, so the right. majority of the jobs um, are not very well paying when, when you really look at the, look at the scale. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was something that really did, doesn't come out in, in the casino sponsored literature. Mm -hmm. And Bali's was specifically touting um, $15 an hour, but that's also the proposed next minimum wage. So it, <laughs> it's, they're really not uh, yeah. bringing a whole lot of great jobs when they're, it's going to potentially be law at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, did you guys come across any, any data, like what happens to your property value if you happen to own a home in the vicinity? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was something I was. Um, now we found some some research, and it was on one of the sites that the city dispelled as being a credible source. So, so maybe it's not the best, but um, it, the local property values do get affected. So, I think in some areas, let's just say some areas, putting a casino. Uh, and having place where people have jobs could increase some of the property if the property is very poor. Um, now, if the property is not very poor, let's just say lower middle class, middle class style property, then you get what you see in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. When you plop a casino in, you get kind of that bullseye effect where there's lower income or uh, lower income housing. I mean, people may Lower income housing is not the right word, but you get um, smaller houses, less property values, and they kind of build out from there. So there, I think it really depends on where it goes. And, mm -hmm. and that's when you look at the research. So when the casinos are saying, well, it increases property value. Yeah, it does for some areas when your property is very low. Um, and then for other areas, it can drastically hurt it. Right. And, and Bali's tried to make that point in one of their virtual meetings. Someone had asked something uh, along those lines and someone on their team had responded that the property values um, either are not affected or they increase property values. And in our specific case, 
people move to this area because it's close to the river, it's close to great local businesses, and it's heavily forested. So if you plow down 60 acres of, of forests and wetland and pop a casino there, undoubtedly that's going to affect property values negatively. Um, and so like to Jason's point, um, it's kind of dependent on where the casino is going. Um, and, but overall, it's it's negatively affects neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me, I mean, even on the face of it, if you buy a house, rarely do people want to live in areas of great congestion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you live, like we lived in Chicago for years, and that was fine, you know, because you just walk where you got to go. You, you, you got there, for, you were there for that reason, but it wasn't because there was a huge casino or there was a mall or there was some other, you know, commercial monstrosity that just plopped itself down right next to your home. Well, and I think you got to look at the zoning too. So uh, zoning in this area, it's R2, and then there's some R3 lots. Um, That means people have a little more land, right? And then you get uh, maybe to the 8th district where those are R3, some R4 zoning. Uh, They have have some land, but it's a little less. And then when you get down into like Monument Ave uh, or, or more tight, areas of the city where you have the big buildings and some of the semi skyscrapers, you know, you're up at like R5, R6, R7 type of housing, which means you're getting very little land. So when you look at like, let's just say the Bally site, that's R2, right? So like people are coming out there because they want a little bit of land. They don't want the light pollution. They don't want the noise pollution. Um, I would say the same problem potentially for the eighth district where um, there's a lot of R3 in that area. Uh, you get to maybe Scott's Edition, a little tighter, little tighter houses. So, what are people buying, and what do they what do they expect? I think when you're when you're zoning as a certain area, and you're like, oh, I'm getting an R seven house. I know I'll have lights coming in my house all all day long. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, it just kind of goes with the territory, right? But I yeah. mean, so so what? Yeah. What do you? I mean, have you talked with folks about the Scott's Edition? um proposal or the port of richmond proposal what's what do you guys know about that there is another active group they are called uh, communities not casinos or sorry yeah communities not casinos in richmond i may have it flipped um and we've been coordinating they've they've asked for our group from stratford hills's help and we're still coordinating with what that looks like. I know someone from the Stratford Hills group, um, Shana has created a website for them because she, she had created a website for Stratford Hills. Um, they begin have begun organizing protests and the members of our group that had excess signs, we, we've been giving, dispersing them um, to bring more awareness to that area. So those are some of the things that are happening currently, but I, I think there are plans to get even more involved. Do you- is your sense in dealing with the city that that one way or another a casino is going to show up in Richmond? Do you want to speak to that, Jason? <laughs> I mean, because uh, you, you've talked to these guys. Yeah, I, so just in my research and the cities that have had, uh, uh, that are authorized to have casinos, they have casino proposals and they're pushing down for casinos. Mm-hmm. I without yeah without well we tried to do a FOIA request 
and they said, well, since it's a proposal right now and things are, you know, contentious, like we can't FOIA that inf information. But if you were to look on the inside, I would almost guarantee Richmond is jockeying for a casino that based off of um, the mayor's comments. He's made several comments on that. The way city, uh, the city council members are, are talking and some of their press releases they've put out. And then the, the casino um, uh, committee itself seems what I think that they're trying to do a good job of, of remaining neutral but when they talk on on the calls and uh, the information they put out it seems like they're they're gaming for a casino now I will say this uh, Norfolk didn't get this level Norfolk didn't get uh, a community input I am the one thing I'm proud about in Richmond is they're at least doing some due diligence and they are speaking to the community and they're allowing us to, uh, to have our input, which I think is extremely important. So if we don't want a casino, Richmond is doing it right. I think Richmond wants a casino, but they're allowing the citizens to give a voice, a chance, and to give feedback. Uh, if you look at Norfolk, they didn't do that. They just said, hey, we're getting a casino. Everybody vote on it. Right and uh, and and boom, that's how you get a casino. So Richmond is is doing a little bit of due diligence there. So I do appreciate it. I think it's very important that they do it, but I also think that Richmond wants a casino. I I was curious as I know that there were some proposals from um, Native American groups. Mm. What what happened with that? I don't know. I think that's just not in the city of Richmond. It, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I think we all noticed that. Um, we all kind of. I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I was just like, oh, like you know, was their proposal not good enough? Was this something like, if we're going to have a casino, like let's offer it to disadvantaged folks? I mean, I know Bally's said that there, it was a. Uh, small small uh, minority owned business but when you look at their shareholders that's not true right so they were they were gaming for some sort of proposal here um i've worked in government contracts in my in some of my past life and you know your 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 small minority owned businesses are are usually backed by someone else right and yeah. so uh i don't i don't really buy it when p folks say that but you know you have a have a, a registered tribe and, and they, they go to the wayside. Maybe they didn't have a good proposal. I'm not sure, but it, it definitely makes me shrug my shoulders and go, well, what's going on here? Yeah. That, that just kind of struck me as, as a win-win, a potential win-win situation, but I don't no, know I, anything beyond that. I don't either. I can't really speak to it. I, I would like to look that up and see why their proposal um, was denied because in in the Bali's case it was the statement was clear um, because of environmental impacts of potential grave sites and traffic congestion and zoning and so there was a list of reasons that the, that the city denied Bali's proposal it took them out of the running um, I I would assume that they had a similar statement for the for the tribe that was denied but I I would like to look that up. What do you think? What's your take on on the the Scotts Edition location? Is that are there? Is that going to be a tougher fight? I uh, potentially they they have some similarities to the Stratford Hills location, being that there is uh, more residences nearby, um, access 
to a large casino that would call for a lot more parking spaces and 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 uh, just access in general. We had compelling arguments because of mainly because of the environmental factor. Right, right. Um, Scott's edition does not have the level of environmental factors that uh, that Stratford Hills has. And then I would assume that the Port of Richmond situation is probably, I mean, what's down there? Is that all industrial down there? Yes, as far as I, I, I actually want to go visit the site and some, some folks in our group have, and I have not. It is the site of uh, Phillips, Philip Morris building. So it is, I guess, more industrial than the uh, than both the Bali site and the Scotts Edition site. Yeah, I mean, other than than driving past that area, I don't spend a whole lot of time cruising the Port of Richmond, so I'm not really sure what's down there. It seems to me, well, if you had to stick it somewhere, it's just yeah. my unsophisticated gaze on that is like, well, that's probably the least disruptive place you could put it. If we're looking at purely some, now I'll go back to my other statement, you know, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul here and, and you're, you're sort of preying on those people that, that need money the most. But uh, um, if you look at that area, it needs jobs. Like it needs revitalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've looked at some properties down there and I, I recall going into a, a property that was for sale Um and I was just interested, you know, you look on Zillow and you're like, wait, there's a $80,000 house in Richmond for sale. Let me go check it out. Well, it had bullet holes and a little teddy bear tied to the front, which typically means that someone may have uh, been, been, uh, been, been murdered there. Yeah, no, it's a tough area. That's, like, that that's kind like, of gets into that Route 1 corridor down there. And, and yeah. that, that clearly is an area that's, that, that needs some help revitalization but something yeah. that we talked about in our group a lot is um sustainable investment something mm. that will last um it's very likely that casinos could go the way of shopping malls that's a common thing that we talked about um generation wise baby boomers are more likely to to gamble in the traditional setting now Bali's did start to when their proposal wanted to introduce like esports and and things like that that younger generations uh, partake in, but uh, generationally people are gambling less and less. Um, and so I can see where the the immediate upfront cash flow is really intriguing to the city and maybe even some, some residents, but what is that site going to look like in t even 10, 20 years? Um, right. It's a casino, something that's really going to bring sustainable investment for years to come. We need to think generationally how are future Richmonders going to be impacted instead of just these short-term gains. No, I think those are great points. And, and so we, we just have a couple minutes left. Is, is there anything else you'd like you would care to share with, with the people listening to this um, with, about thoughts on casinos in general? who to contact if they're looking to get involved or to learn more? Yeah, um, well, so the, the city council members and the casino proposal folks uh, that are, that are um, doing the RFP are key contacts. Now we have a uh, hub and spoke type of mythology, methodology that we're putting together for our Facebook groups. So, you know, you have your hub, 
that is right. possibly responsible development and a spoke that is looking at um, the Valley site, which you know we may may tailor that a little bit differently because we're 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 concerned still about the local ecology, the grave sites, and a lot of the findings that we found there. But you know, another spoke uh, we we want to tie in the Eighth District and and some other folks there. So. Uh, Let's get active on Facebook. Let's make sure we're contacting those folks. Uh, you could probably send an email to me uh, if, if you. Are we still on? Yeah, we're still good. Okay, I saw Zoom popped up a little meeting. I know. But, uh, you know, you can reach out to me, and I can give you some contacts. Uh, my name's uh, Jason Haas, and it's jason.haasoutlook.com, and and I can I can push you to some folks to help out in that area. But your city's the the best one of the one of your best resources. But really, getting out with the community. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, one of the websites that was created um, is called. We just purchased the yep. domain noRBACasino.com, and there's a form on there where you can click, and it pre-populates an email to city council members, and uh, you can just type your message with your concerns in there and fire it off, and it goes to all the, the great. members. Look, Lauren. Lauren's like my Jiminy Cricket. She's uh, she's got all the all the facts behind anything that I put out there. <laughs> well, well, thank you both for for taking time to do this, and 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 thank you both for for being so proactive and involved in your community and in the city of Richmond. Yeah, thank you for giving us a platform to to share our thoughts and no, absolutely. This is people, not good people, for Richmond. No, I, yeah, that's my bias, but I just kind of, I'm just here to report the facts, right? The facts Absolutely. are casinos are no good for Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you guys for your time. I appreciate this, uh, this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's another consults over coffee with, with some great insights on, on Richmond casinos. And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, thanks for joining us.